this week's episode of Faster Masters Rowing Radio. Grab a seat at the table as Masters Rowing Coaches Marlene Royal and Rebecca Caro share their biggest secrets on how to unleash your hidden potential and plot a new course for real results on the water and off. Now, on to the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where today we are mostly talking about heart rate variability. I'm Rebecca Caro, and before we get on to that, I want to remind people that if you can get over to San Diego in the USA, I'm part of a team coaching the US Rowing Masters Camp. Now, you all know that I've been on a bit of a mission to get federations much more engaged and involved with masters and delivering the sorts of things that masters want. Part of that is camps. Masters really enjoy camps. It's a great opportunity, not only for a little trip to travel somewhere, but also to get to train on different water and hear different coaching voices. All the information is on the website Regatta Central, and it starts on April the 1st at midday and then runs through to April the 4th. And if you want it, they've organized a super post-camp bonus of some mixed eight racing at the San Diego Crew Classic, which, of course, is a 2K race. But it is one of those events that a lot of people say are on their bucket list. Alongside me in the coaching team, led by Leslie Anderson-Wright, are uh, Lindsay Shook, uh, Volker Nolte, and Al Morrow. The last two are both from Canada. And a couple of other people who I can't instantly bring to mind. But we're going to be focusing on a mixture of small and big boats. All the boats are provided. U.S. Rowing has brought two trailer loads of a gigantic number of equipment across the country. So all you have to do is get yourself there. The price and everything is on Regatta Central, and there are room for around seven additional athletes. If you want to come, please sign up. And I very much look forward to meeting you there because I booked my flights last night. Now, it's just turning March here in New Zealand. I know it's still the 29th of February in the rest of the world. If you have something really important to do on the 29th of February, remember to do it today, because otherwise you've got another three more years before you get another go. And I learned yesterday that every leap year is also an Olympic year. So that's quite a nice way, if you follow the Olympics, to track when the 29th of February comes around. The programs which we've written for Faster Masters Rowing subscription customers this month are moving into gear for Sprint 1K racing. We have the remainder of a 2 to 5K long distance race program here for people who are still doing long distance races during March. When they finish that and there's a taper week to bring you to a really good athletic peak before the race, when you finish that, you move on to a base training program which gives you a bit of recovery and starts to build your fitness for the different racing distance. For those of you who already know your racing in May or June, there's a 1K program which will take you up to a peak in those months. And for those whose big events not till later in the year, July, August or September, there is a 1K August, September peak program as well. For everybody, there are associated land training workouts for the gym, strength and conditioning. 
in the additional programs. For the performance article, we have a big feature on imposter syndrome and a cure for it. A lot of people have reported from time to time feeling a little bit out of their depth and wondering whether or not it's just a matter of time before somebody figures out that they shouldn't be where they are in a crew, in the boat club, in the group. Our rowing lifestyle article, which is all about aging well, focuses on Stuart McGill's big three spine stabilization exercises. And these are really straightforward to do. We've got full instructions and they're a really helpful way of keeping your spine mobility as you age. And pretty much anyone who rows should be able to also do these. Interestingly, Dr. McGill says that anyone with back pain should be able to do these exercises virtually pain-free. And I'm not an expert in back pain, but I have suffered it. And so I commend that to you. And our technique focus is about the sequential versus the concurrent stroke. And I'm not going to try and explain that now, but dive on in and you'll have a look and see what are the different ways of actually delivering power in the power phase of the rowing and sculling stroke. Our bonus is titled Oreos, Licorice and Jello. You can have to find that out for yourself. Now, to check out any of our programs, go to fastermastersrowing.com forward slash join. You will see the individual program featured there and a discount coupon for your first month if you'd like to give it a try. Heart rate variability. This is something that I have been tracking personally for a long time. I use an app on my phone and the thesis behind heart rate variability is that your human heart beats have many times a minute. And many of us are familiar with how your heart rate increases with exertion, obviously, as we exercise. It used to be when I was younger that measuring your heart rate was how your training zones were established. One of the challenges with that was the fact that when you're doing long, steady workouts and we were told to wear a chest strap, which measured our heart rate on displaying it on a wristwatch, was that as you got more tired, your heart rate went up regardless and it became harder and harder and harder to train inside the zone. So heart rate is no longer used much for establishing training zones, although it is interesting to track when you are training to see after the workout, you know, what you did. Heart rate variability is about something slightly different. It's about your recovery. How well rested are you? And are you ready for doing a workout on the next day? And what it tracks is something slightly different. It looks at the time elapsed between one heartbeat and the next. And it, scientists discovered that there are very, very tiny variations between each heart rate. And one of the things that we know when you test your heart rate, you know, you put your fingers on your pulse, whether on your neck or onto your wrist, we tend to average or to count how many heartbeats you get in a 15 second or a one minute period. And so what we get is an average. What heart rate variability is measuring is the difference from one to the next. And these differences are a very carefully researched indication of your state of rest and recovery. As we age, particularly masters like myself, who've been rowing for many years, we 
are very slow to adjust what we do to suit our new physical capability. Really good example of this is how many people do you know who are still rowing on the same rig that they were using when they were racing 2K as a younger person? That in itself is quite un it's quite common and it's reasonably balmy for a couple of reasons. One is mainly that we lose strength as we age. So that is a topic of conversation for another day. But throughout my own training, I've noticed that I tend to cling on to what I am used to doing rather than questioning it and remeasuring and seeing whether or not I should be making adjustments. And these aren't things you're going to be changing from week to week. These are things that are about over periods of years. Now, life has a habit of getting in the way of rowing. And you may have a high pressure job. You may have family responsibilities. There may be other stresses and tensions in your life. And being able to do a good quality workout is something that most of us really enjoy. But our state of rest when we first step into the boat or onto the erg is an important part of what are we capable of doing today and what benefit will it give us in our overall long term training. And that's where heart rate variability comes in. The app that I use is one that is provided on, I think, Apple and Android. It's called HRV for training. And what it shows is a daily measure that I do when I wake up of how rested I am. This is a screenshot of my range, which is very, very individual. So what you see here is what is normal for Rebecca. My resting heart rate was 49. But these little bars show me day by day where I am in relation to the norm. And as you can see, they are quite different from one day to the next. What it tells me is how prepared I am for my training. And so for me, the state of balance that my body's trying to maintain, they call it homeostasis, is all about the reaction of my body to the stress and the autonomic nervous system that is used to keep everything in balance. And so my stress response is what I'm getting from this measure. You can find out more about this using, uh, go to our blog, fastermastersrowing.com forward slash blog, and you'll see the heart rate variability in master's uh, article there. So have a read for yourself. I found it useful. There was one particular series of days training, which I remember, which I want to talk to you about today. I got an extremely low score and a red warning. So they do a kind of red, amber, green warning light signal. And I knew I was super tired. A few things had happened. We'd had a heavy workout. I was waking up for another early morning and it was basically telling me, you know, back right off, buddy, which I did. And I found that I was coming down with a virus. So a little bit of that was stress on my body from something that's completely normal, but we all know what the challenges of training on viruses are. And it took me three days before my number returned back to very close to my normal range. And I did train, but I did not exert myself 
in the way that I had planned to do. And it was quite a clear indication of how the virus, which was not visible, I couldn't, I didn't know that I was, you know, getting a cold at the time, had enabled me to recover from the virus quicker because I stopped overexerting myself earlier. So just a small anecdote from my own experience. And I wonder if any of you have got, um, had a, you know, a similar experience. Heart rate is an important part of our training and our aging. And one of the things about heart rate is that there are medical conditions, of course, that we can have, which may also affect us. And so when I posted up that I was going to be doing this podcast, there were some quite interesting remarks from people in the community. Andreas von Muldau says, rowing really takes your heart rate down. He recorded 36 in his morning heart rate check. But he said it wasn't good feeling like you need to do some push-ups in order to get back to bed. Um, but he was lucky. He was diagnosed with a chat problem that his heart walls weren't thick enough. Um, so a low heart rate, he reminds us, is not always good. He said you need to detrain for weeks to get your heart going in a normal way again. Mark Eller said he tracked HRV on an app and eventually lost interest because he kept having good workouts on days when the HRV score said he wouldn't and bad workouts when it predicted he would feel good. I think that's an interesting observation because I don't notice feeling good or feeling less good as a result of the score. What the score tells me is an objective measure of my rest and recovery. I can still work through that and still have good workouts because my measure of good isn't necessarily about exertion. You know, it may be about skill that I've um, acquired or crew cohesion that we're practicing. So I'm, I was interested that that was his point of view. And Don Casey says it's interesting for him because he has what he describes as slightly haywire circuitry in his heart. But re realize, of course, that how your individual body is wired and people who might have uh, atrial fibrillation or other heart you know, considerations may find this a useful additional measure because it's, it's non-invasive. You put your finger over the back of your phone's camera and it measures your pulse basically through the light in the camera. So it's quite easy to do. It takes about a week before you get enough readings that it can set the measure of what's normal for you. Um, but I leave that with you as something that you might like to have a little look at for yourself and see whether or not measuring your heart rate variability and your rest and recovery enables you to be more consistent with your training and to get a better long-term outcome for your personal fitness and your training as you build up into the middle part of the year. If you found anything that I've talked about today useful for your own training, please consider supporting the podcast with a donation. They start at as little as $1 a month. And we are extremely grateful to everybody who currently supports us, because without you, the costs of running the uh, operation would be quite high on myself personally. Till next time. You're part of the Rowing Chat Podcast Network. Please tell your rowing friends about the show.
And if you've learned just one helpful thing from today's episode, please consider supporting the show for as little as $1 per month by visiting fastermastersrowing.com forward slash podcast.